morning. I'm Annika Culper. It's Tuesday, January 25th. Mandatory COVID-19 vaccines for kids in school. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County public health officials reported nearly 6,000 COVID-19 cases on Monday and 20 additional deaths associated with the virus. The number reflects totals as of Sunday. More than 7,000 cases were reported on Saturday and more than 10,000 cases on Friday. In response, Southwestern College in Chula Vista put out a notice on Monday that they were taking classes online. While a few classes will be allowed to be held in person, the majority will be remote through February 25th. Fifth, exceptions will be made for some performing arts and sports. The Los Angeles Unified School District is doing away with cloth masks. Instead, the nation's second largest school district says students and staff need to wear, quote, well-fitted non-cloth masks with nose wires. The district says everyone has to wear these higher quality masks at all times except when consuming food or drink. Health officials have increasingly encouraged people to upgrade their masks to surgical grade or higher quality like N95s. Krispy Kreme is offering a free box of donuts to people who donate blood. It's part of an effort to address a blood shortage crisis seen across the nation. To get some donuts, you need to order in person and have your donation sticker with you. You can also show proof of your donation with the Red Cross app. Since March of last year, the Red Cross has seen a drop in donations due to canceled blood drives and staffing shortages. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local Local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. There's a new effort to change state law to require all California students to be vaccinated against COVID-19 without allowing a personal belief exemption. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez says the state's two largest school districts are supporting it. Carla McCallis is a paraeducator at Pershing Middle School. She's waiting to be tested for COVID-19 again did have a bunch of home tests, but I ran out, so I've been testing about every week. Carla has also followed the San Diego Unified School District's requirement to be fully vaccinated, something that 75 percent of the district students 12 and up have now done. That's according to school board trustee Richard Barrera. Barrera traveled to the San Fernando Valley this morning to support a proposed change to state law. Our educators want to be able to come to work and do their job which is to educate students rather than continue with this roller coaster 
of needing to be public health experts at the same time that they're trying to educate kids. State Senator Dr. Richard Pan of Sacramento is a pediatrician, politician, and parent proposing a bill to close the loophole allowing other parents to use personal beliefs to keep their children from getting any state-mandated vaccinations, including COVID-19. We can make effective use of our you know, time and money uh, to be sure children are educated in our schools, and that's really what this bill is about, keeping schools open and safe and providing that certainty that that's going to happen. Last month, a judge struck down San Diego Unified's mandate requiring eligible students 16 and up be fully vaccinated in order to attend school in person. The district has appealed the ruling on that mandate. While there remains no student vaccination mandate for now, the start of the spring semester does bring a deadline for district staff members who must now be fully vaccinated or have applied for their exemptions. KPBS News obtained this copy of a termination letter sent January 20th to dozens of employees who have not complied. Simply said, it informs the staff member they will be terminated January 25th for failure to provide by January 18th proof of COVID-19 vaccination. Carla McCallis complied on time and with good reason. I think it gives a lot of people peace of mind, and that's that's really important it, for employees and for parents. If Senator Pan and his coalition of education officials succeed in getting the Keep Schools Open and Safe bill passed, the earliest it would be enacted is January 1st, 2023. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. A Mexican journalist was gunned down in front of her home in Tijuana on Sunday. This is the second reporter murdered there in a week and the third this month in Mexico. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado spoke with a journalist and a friend of the two reporters killed, left in shock after the shootings. Vengo también aquí para pedirle apoyo, ayuda y justicia laboral, porque se temo por mi vida. This is journalist Lourdes Maldonado in 2019, pleading with Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador for help because she feared for her life. On Sunday, she was gunned down outside her home in Tijuana. She's the second well-known reporter murdered in the border city in less than a week. Margarito Martinez was shot and killed outside of his Tijuana home on January 17th. I really want to say to you that my, my country, my city, is safe for everyone, but it isn't true. No more. Aline Corpus has been a border region journalist for over 20 years. Maldonado and Martinez were her friends. She's devastated over their deaths. She says reporters in the region are feeling very vulnerable. I feel hopeless, hopeless. and later what happened. Lourdes was shot, so no. No, we don't feel safe in Tijuana. She says Maldonado had just attended Martinez's vigil and funeral, and his death hit too close to home. She was very, she was very sad. I think she was, she wasn't okay. Reporters there have to navigate what no reporter should. This time is very difficult to us. We have to cover and feel at the same time. At the, at the same time. So um, it's not easy. 
Natalie Southwick is with the Committee to Protect Journalists, a nonprofit advocacy organization for reporters. She says Maldonado is the third journalist to be murdered in Mexico this month. Almost this sense of both frustration but exhaustion. You know, Mexico is and continues to be the deadliest country in the hemisphere for journalists. She says the problem, there's no political will to protect reporters and hold people accountable, even when reporters ask for help, like Maldonado. CPJ has documented and is investigating 18 in the last two years. That's an average of one every six weeks. That's a horrifying statistic, and that's not something that can continue. We're going to lose access to information. There's already parts of the country that are effectively news deserts. Aline says while she and her colleagues will carry on their work, they can't help but wonder the obvious. We have a question in our minds. Who could be the next one? Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Commuters who take the 75 to the 5 freeway are often met with a stoplight and long lines. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us local leaders are trying to secure funding for improvements to this interchange. Local leaders are mobilizing to secure infrastructure funding from President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law. And I was very proud to announce last week that two local projects here in our district are going to be receiving a portion of that funding. U.S. Representative Mike Levin announced $30 million have been allocated for the Encinitas-Solana Beach Coastal Storm Damage Reduction Project and $1.8 million for the Oceanside Special Shoreline Study. And Levin is looking to do more. He met with local leaders to discuss funding for improvements to the I-5 and 78 interchange. Drivers who've often taken the 78 freeway to the 5 South freeway have sometimes gotten stuck in these long lines just waiting to get onto the freeway because of this stoplight right here. And so now local leaders are proposing a flyover bridge that would be funded from the bipartisan infrastructure law that would connect these two freeways together and make that daily commute just a little bit easier on drivers. Encinitas mayor and Sandag chairperson Catherine Blakespear says the improvement will increase efficiency and also help the environment. It will also reduce congestion. By making it more convenient for people to carpool, we're also helping to reduce traffic and greenhouse gas emissions and to improve our air quality. Before funding for this project is approved, Sandag will need to complete an application and conduct environmental impact reports. But Levin feels confident funding will be approved. There's one program in the bipartisan infrastructure law specifically for uh, areas that have high congestion, and I think we are going to qualify. He says construction should only take 18 to 24 months, but permitting and approvals for the project could push this out four or five years. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Coming up, child care centers are in a staffing crisis and the solution may depend on Congress. In 10 years time, if we're having these conversations and looking at the data and saying, why have we reverted to 1960s statistics about women in the workforce? It all comes down to access to quality, affordable child care. We have the second part of a KPBS investigation next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. 
I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula, or an extra chewy Wookiee cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to kpbs.org and click the blue Give Now button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love. As we reported yesterday, there's currently a massive staffing crisis for preschools and child care centers, and they can't raise wages without raising the cost for families. In part two of her series, KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser looks at potential solutions, which experts agree rely on government intervention. So this is what we have to follow if they have close contact. Lynn Twerk tries to make sense of the most recent guidance from San Diego County on what to do when there's a positive COVID case in one of her preschool classrooms. She sounds like someone stuck in one of those torturous hedge mazes in 16th century Europe. That is vaccinated or has had COVID, they would still be able to continue on working. That's not the case anymore, so they have to follow. um, It got so bad last week that she decided to close her center for a week. The staffing crisis is nothing new. It's been a struggle since the pandemic first hit two years ago. Beyond fear of COVID, low wages are the main culprit. Many providers can only offer staff close to minimum wage, and if they raised pay, they'd have to raise prices for families, which might mean families would leave. The result is a vicious cycle that keeps the industry in crisis. There are potential solutions on the horizon, but they won't happen without significant action by lawmakers in Washington, D.C. and Sacramento. Part of Build Back Better is a requirement to pay early care and education teachers, child care providers in general, um, at parity with the kindergarten teacher uh, pay. So that would be an incredibly huge incentive um, to keep child care providers in the field. Kim McDougall with the local YMCA says topping this list is President Joe Biden's massive Build Back Better plan. The $1.7 trillion proposal would offer universal and free preschool to all three and four-year-olds and subsidies ensuring that families pay no more than 7 percent of their income on child care. It would also include a requirement that child care and preschool staff be paid the same amount as kindergarten teachers. If we're getting cash to be able to select the kind of care that best meets the needs of our family, that infuses more revenue into the child care system. It really changes the equation and and builds the stability for the um, system. However, it's highly unlikely that the bill will pass Congress in its current form. That means state and local leaders are also looking at solutions. One is a San Diego ballot measure targeted for 2024 that would help more families in San Diego County pay for child care. Recently, voters in San Francisco approved a tax on commercial rents to fund child care, and Portland, Oregon, approved a measure to expand free preschool. 
McDougall says the San Diego measure could be similar. That money then goes to uh, provider pay. That is what what many communities use it for, is kind of bridging that gap between what a parent can pay and what it really costs. Another effort in San Diego County aims to help employers provide childcare on site. Say San Diego set up a child care center at its offices for both the community and its employees. It charges rates on a sliding scale and has so far been a big success, says Nancy Gannon-Hornberger, the organization's CEO. Parents benefit, so whether they're teleworking or in person on the job, they can work without distraction or guilt, so they know their children are safe, and also learning and, and thriving. And then employers can attract and retain talented parents, parents of young children, by offering this very desirable benefit. Say San Diego is currently working with local employers to set up child care centers of their own. We will be in a scenario where the she session, you know, will continue. Courtney Baltiski with the YMCA says the important thing is that something happens. Otherwise, more parents especially mothers, will leave the workforce. In 10 years' time, if we're having these conversations and looking at the data and saying, why have we reverted to 1960 statistics about women in the workforce? It all comes down to access to quality, affordable child care. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.